Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, and we are powered by VoterHeads.com. Well, here are some of the headlines from a very busy week in your nation's capital. Sexual harassment allegations forced the resignation of two members of the House and one member of the Senate. That's right. Democrats lost John Conyers, the longest serving member of the United States House of Representatives. He's gone. Meanwhile, on the Senate side, it was Minnesota Senator Al Franken who stepped down after pressure came from over 20 of his Democratic colleagues, led by New York Senator Christian Gildebrand. They all urged Franken to leave, and he did so. Trent Franks, a Republican congressman from Arizona who is a member of the Freedom Caucus, also announced that he will be resigning this week due to sexual harassment allegations. Meanwhile, in Alabama, Republican Roy Moore continues to campaign. President Donald Trump will be holding a rally tonight in Pensacola, which shares a media market with Mobile. The House and Senate passed continuing resolution that will keep the government open until December 22nd. A true bipartisan budget remains in the works as the Trump administration looks to find some help from Speaker of the House Paul Ryan. Minority Leader of the House, Nancy Pelosi, Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, and Senate Minority Leader, Chuck Schumer. All parties continue to seek some common ground uh, as we cruise now toward a deadline of December 22nd. Let's move on to the media. Times person of the year honor didn't just go to one person. It went to a number of women and men who have spoken out about their experiences with sexual harassment and assault. The Silence Breakers which include Me Too creator Tyra Burke, Ashley Judd, Selma Blair, Taylor Swift, Alyssa Milano, Terry Crews, and Megan T- Kelly all appeared on the special edition of Time's Person of the Year. Okay, time to move on. Our feature story this week is President Donald Trump's announcement that the United States will be moving their embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Now, our guest is Tal Heinrich. From I-24 News, she's our Middle Eastern expert, and she's going to talk to us about what it means to both Israel and the Middle East when the announcement was made that the United States is moving their embassy. Okay, but first, let's talk about VoterHeads.com, our friends there. You know, the late great Speaker of the House, Tip O'Neill, once said that all politics are local. And in a world where things are happening at warp speed, you need to know what's going on with the issues that you care about most. Now, those issues can be state issues. They can be city issues. They can be local issues. Now, that's where our friends at VoterHeads.com have made following issues that you care deeply about easy to follow and, more importantly, easily accessible. Now, they say at VoterHeads.com that they want to make democracy more user-friendly at every level, and they do. 
So we know people that listen to this podcast are people who are policy wonks. They want to follow the issues of the day, and there's no better place to do that than to do it at VoterHeads.com, where it's free to follow the issues that you care most about. Our special guest is Tal Heinrich from I-24 News, an old friend of ours. And um, Tal, for the better part of a decade, has been covering everything having to do with the Middle East. So we may not have a better person to talk to about what President Donald Trump's moving of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem means not only to the people in Israel, but to the rest of the Middle East. Tal, welcome. And your thoughts on that issue? Well, in Israel, I have to say that everyone is really excited about this announcement. Everyone Mm -hmm. is supportive of this measure, brave measure by Mm -hmm. President Donald Trump. And it's interesting because Jerusalem and Israel is a consensus. It's not negotiable. I mean, Jerusalem Mm -hmm. is the capital of Israel. And Mm -hmm. this is something that is agreed upon from left to right wing politicians. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone says, I mean, I just interviewed Ahud Barak, former Israeli prime minister. He was here for the Saban Forum uh, in D.C. last week. And so I talked to him and I and I asked him, what do you think that, you know, such a declaration by the president would be a wise move? He said and. Ahud Barak is coming from the left wing of Israeli politics, mm-hmm. He's, you know, a rival of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And he said, of course, Jerusalem is our capital and all embassies should be there. So, you know, Yair Lapid from the center left um, is also saying the same. And I think only extreme, extreme leftists or mm-hmm. um, Arab representatives of, of, of Knesset Knesset members, uh, the parliament members, would say that, you know, this declaration is at odds with uh, future peace plans and uh, things like that. But in Israel, among the public, everyone is really excited about this announcement. And today, even on Israeli social media, you can see a lot of funny memes spiraling the web. Um, Mm -hmm. We have some, uh, you know, funny memes that I saw only this morning. I got some on WhatsApp, for example, portraying the Temple Mount uh, with, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with a thing like written there, like Trump tower as if it was Trump Tower. <laughs> it's just um and some funny, you know, gifts of uh Trump and Netanyahu dancing and uh just uh some old pictures portraying Trump as the liberator of the Western Wall back in nineteen sixty seven or something like that. So Israelis are really excited about this announcement, unlike the rest of the Middle East, that's for sure, or the international committee um that really breaks down with this announcement by Trump. So do you feel that um, this will help the the process? I mean, let's be honest. It, we've had a number of presidents going from you know Jimmy Carter all the way back um, and all the way forward who've attempted to put together you know Middle East peace deals in the in the past, and you know nothing has nothing has held. So do you think that um, that this is going to continue to hurt the process or is it in some regards going to help it? I think that history has shown that the more support the state of Israel gets from the U.S. administration, 
the mm-hmm. more respect it gets in the region. I think that, I mean, seriously, that this is something that history has proven when U.S. provided aid to Israel during past wars, like in 1973, um, mm-hmm. then regional Arab leaders uh, just, you know, it brought to a bit more quiet, a bit more, I, I want to want to say peace, but a bit more calm in the region because mm-hmm. Israel gets to be um, more of a force to be reckoned with, with the U.S. by its mm-hmm. side. At the same time, um, also, there, there's another interesting point that Donald Trump mentioned yesterday. I mean, previous U.S. administrations have always thought about, you know, recognizing Jerusalem. And it's not only Trump that made this campaign promise to move the embassy and recognize Jerusalem as Israel's official capital. If we Mm -hmm. look back, President Bill Clinton, back in February of 1992, back on Mm -hmm. the campaign trail of the Democratic Party, the primaries I'm talking about, he made it a campaign promise, you know, also to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. But once uh, more so he said that Al Gore and you know and Clinton are uh, himself are going to do so. He even mm-hmm. criticized President George H. W. Bush for repeatedly, um, you know, n- you know, putting Jerusalem in under under this uh, big question mark for not re- recognizing it. So, mm-hmm. but once he got into the White House, um, he saw that things are just different than looking from the outside, and it turns to be more of a complicated measure to actually do than just promise on the campaign trail. And by 1995, the Clinton administration completely, um, you know, w- was against the the Jerusalem Act that passed both uh, houses of, of, you know, both houses of Congress. So right. um, it, Trump wasn't the first one to promise it. He was just the first president to follow through. And then we can ask why, you know, some say because the peace process has been going very slowly or just, you know, stalled, not happening at all. There hasn't been any political progress. So why giving the Israelis this treat or, you know, this gesture, why when there's no peace? And on the other hand, it's also, you know, Trump, maybe he's the first president to see this as a wise political card to play. Um, mm-hmm. that benefits him politically and other presidents, they just didn't consider it as such an important thing to do. Well, I think part of the process in the past was the theory that you could dangle the moving of the embassy to Jerusalem as kind of a card to be played in this in this dance of peace to say, all right, look. Yeah. If we give you this, this, and this, talking about if you meaning if Israel gives up points A, B, and C, then point D would be all right. In return, that way we can then put the um, U.S. embassy in Israel. I'm not specifically saying it was my concept, but it was a concept. Yeah, no, some sort of using it for sort a number of, of years of leverage, some yeah. pawn, you know, for negotiation. Right going to be i know trump again another sentence another sentence that he said yesterday was just um it is the right thing to do you know and this is what mm-hmm. most israelis actually feel you don't have to like president trump you don't have to like prime minister netanyahu it's just right. common sense in israel it's like saying that kosovo is not a country you know kosovo mm-hmm. yes many players in the international you know arena they don't recognize kosovo as a country but kosovo mm-hmm. is a country come on so jerusalem is the mm-hmm. capital of israel 
Um, yes, it doesn't mean that uh, certain neighborhoods or certain territory in, in East Jerusalem cannot become maybe you know a future capital of a future Palestinian state, but there have to be terms to such an agreement. Um, and maybe the right circumstances are just not there yet to to make this step. Maybe there's no leader on one of the sides. No, it's not, it's not the right leaders. Maybe um, just regional developments are affecting it. But um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what's uh, the Trump administration uh, peace plan once they put it forward. But mm-hmm. it will be interesting to stick around during this year, huh? It's going to definitely be interesting, that's for certain. Um, what about from um, the Israeli standpoint with regard to um, a timeline? Should there be a timeline or do you expect to see a timeline when there would be an embassy in uh, in Jerusalem? I think that right now the Israelis – I mean once this announcement is just you know out there, uh, people – are just way more calm and and they understand that it's a, it's a it's a huge operation to move the embassy. I got to tell you Jim, it's not such a nice building in Tel Aviv. They can make it something beautiful and new in Jerusalem <laughs> right now. I don't know if you've been there, but the US embassy is not so impressive um right there. Uh I mean, I understand it will take time. What they can do and this is something that has been reported throughout this week is maybe move the diplomatic mission first and then the mission mm-hmm. around it, you know, where you get the visas and stuff like that to move it as um, just a second phase of the embassy move. It will take, it might take years, you know. You know what? I think uh, in many ways a parallel might be drawn for those who uh, are pulling their hair out and screaming, oh my God, um, is that, you know, the president, uh, Barack Obama, uh, after 50 years, decided, you know what, we're not getting anywhere with Cuba. So why don't we begin the process of allowing Americans to go to Cuba? Well, there was, you know, half of Miami, you know, almost erupted and went crazy um, about it. But it was a different tack to take. It was like, okay, we've done 50 years of the same thing, and it hasn't got us a thing. So why don't we change up and do something a little bit different and I um, go totally that route? I totally agree with you. You know what? I totally agree with you. But let me ask you this. And again, sure. I'm not saying I'm a Trump supporter, but had right. Donald Trump have done the same thing that Obama did with Cuba, the exact same thing, don't you think he would have been way more criticized than Barack Obama? It's a fair question. Um, likely, yes, but <laughs> I, 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 think I still think I I still think it would have been the right thing to do. Uh, right, on a right. Personal no, no, I, I, mean, I, I, I agree with you. I agree I with go, you, but yeah. but it seems the right thing to do when President Obama does that. It unnecessarily seems like uh, the, seems like the right thing to do when a person like Donald Trump does that. Um, just because of the entire political atmosphere right now in this country, and I'm telling you, this is a foreigner mm-hmm. absorbing it. Right. No, it's look. You've. Um, I don't think there's ever been a more polarizing president than you know than mm-hmm. donald trump and I'm, I'm not speaking from you know the right or the left or whatever i'm just saying what i specifically feel to be a fact 
Um, it, it you, is either, you either yeah. like them or you don't. And there's very few people that are, you know, in the middle on this. Uh, so do mm-hmm. I think that, you know, to your point, do I think if he had made the uh, overture to, um, you know, to Cuba, that he would have been, uh, uh, not that, not that, uh, by the way, not that President um, Obama uh, got away on that one with uh, without criticism because he certainly did. But right, as much criticism as Trump, um, probably not. Uh, but I do believe there is a parallel here that you've tried something for a number of years and it doesn't work. And in the case of Cuba, he wanted to give it a shot. Clearly, President Trump feels that basically 70 years-ish um, since Harry Truman recognized the state of Israel, um, that not having the embassy in the capital um, is silly. So why not, um, you know, why not do it? And so, yeah, I think that you could look at it from that way and say, okay, he's just changing things up. Um, you know, it's not he something. He said it that's yesterday a... that it's part of, you know, a new approach, a new approach right. to this entire region. And the region is also changing. You know, we're learning all the time, all the time about some uh, backdoor communications channels, you know, uh, between Israel and the Saudis. And we know that Israel is just becoming this player also um, among Gulf countries, just things that we don't Mm -hmm. really see, you and I, or, you know, just the public. but. Things do exist and things are changing. You know, the New York Times, I don't know if you saw this headline, reported last week that the the Trump administration peace plans that they're about to uh, put forward will be very pro-Israel, pro-interests of the state, the state of Israel. And um, that's interesting. And they said that more so the Saudis are supportive of this plan. And that when President Abbas last month met with um, the the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman in Riyadh in mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, uh, allegedly, according to this New York Times report, he put pressure on Abbas to actually consider this plan. It's a plan that, I mean, I don't know if it's a Trump administration plan because all players actually denied this report that, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, allegedly was based upon um, President Abbas telling his people what what happened, what was discussed during the meeting with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, but it's a plan that no Arab leader can ever, no Palestinian leader can ever expect, uh, accept or expect. Um, so we'll have to see, uh, to wait and see if this come, if this you know becomes truth or not. But it will be interesting. Well, yeah, one of the guys who's running point on this um, is of course Jared Kushner, and um, right. You know, Jared has been the guy who went to, um, uh, you know, went to Saudi Arabia on the first uh, trip, as you recall, that uh, President Mm -hmm. Trump had when the administration went out of the country. It was the first trip was over to the Middle East. And um, and Jared flew, you know, through a number of of concepts and ran them by uh, people in that region while he was there. just seeing the old what if, you know, things that you would write down on a, uh, you know, on a, a piece of paper on a tablet and go, okay, well, you know, here's four or five ideas. Are any of them something you could live with? And uh, I think, well, you know, people in the Middle East 
expected um, Jared Kushner to bring this new set of eyes, you know, fresh thought, mm-hmm. a young thought, a businessman thought on mm-hmm. this conflict. And I think that's what, what, what people both in Israel and the Palestinian Authority are waiting to see. At the same time, I can understand the Palestinian concern that you might not be a neutral mediator because, you know, he's Jewish and right. he, he, he has ties with Israel. I mean, even even before the Trump administration uh, period, mm-hmm. you know, started in the White House. I mean, Jared Kushner was in Israel and has ties with, with Israel. So, um, but in Israel, I don't know. I think people are also looking to see what will develop with the Robert Mueller uh, investigation because his mm-hmm. name is involved i mean he's he's out there so we have to wait and see you know what develops in this direction as well sure i mean it's it's all intertwined in that regard yeah exactly um but i i i believe in him i mean i i I want to believe that he can bring a a, a different i mean the trump administration let's let's uh, put it straight there um you know they're just like you said it doesn't seem like this president is going to do everything as previous administrations did. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to just bring uh, for for you know the best or the worst. I mean, a different kind of thought um, to the international arena, and you have to hate it or love it or just accept it or learn how to live with it. Um, in regards to Israel, it might be refreshing. Well, you know, again, I think that the bottom line here is, you know, the key is to continue to move toward peace. And if that is something that Jared Kushner uh, can accomplish, um, that would be an amazing and wonderful thing. So we'll see. Um, Time indeed will tell. And, uh, you know, as the old saying, the devil is in the details and um, (laughs) we need to see. First, we need to see an outline before we can get to the details part. But, um, you know, I think that's that really is going to be very uh, interesting uh, as we move forward. And, you know, there has been talk that um, a new embassy could be in Jerusalem, uh, ironically, right about the time of the 2020 election (laughs) at this point. Strange but true how things work like that. Yes, timing be the way it is. We'll have more of the Politically Incorrect podcast after these words from Voterhead.com. Okay, folks, it's time to get involved in politics, either whether you want to run for the office or perhaps you just want to stay active on issues that matter to you. Let's start on a local basis, okay? Now, you know what you need to do is go to our friends at VoterHeads.com. Can they can solve the problems you may have of trying to find out what's going on with the issues you care about? Now, VoterHeads.com helps people keep track of what's going on in their local politics. What issues are most important to you? Is it gun control? Perhaps it's school discipline? Maybe taxes? Well, VoterHeads.com users can get alerts when the issues important to them are coming up for a vote either in their local, city, or county councils. How good is that? You can find out about what your local politicians are doing in real time and let you get ahead of the issue, whether you want to support it or you're against it. You know ahead of time 
when it's going to be coming up. Now, best of all, you can track what's going on in your local community for free. Voterheads.com says that what they want to do is make democracy more user-friendly at every possible level, and I'm sure that you're glad somebody's doing it. If you have issues you care about and you care about what happens in your own backyard, then you've got to try voterheads.com. That's voterheads.com. Try it for free, and we know you're going to like it. Tal, um, on a different subject, because you are now covering things that happen here in the United States as well, uh, your thoughts on today, uh, of course, um, Senator Al Franken is leaving the Senate. Um, John Conyers, earlier in the week, a uh, long time, the longest serving member of Congress leaving on sexual harassment uh, allegations. Um, it's uh, it's an epidemic, but do you think that we are starting to get a clue as to why um, people need to um, conduct themselves in the best of all possible ways when it comes to women? Because we have not done that in the past. Um, to tell you the the truth, uh, Jim, I'm. I think my my two cents, you know, on this matter are mm-hmm. not the uh, traditional, very popular uh, female. I mean, uh, f- female women approach uh, to this thing because, um, mm. I mean, I th- I know that other women feel feel the same as me. Of course, anyone who really sexually harassed or abused, but. Um, there are different levels of abusing women, different levels of mm-hmm. you know, sexually harassing women. Right. And um, there's a very delicate line there because as a woman, of course, like every day I can say, oh, I was sexually harassed or just so, so, so every case should be looked in, in, in a different way and, and, and really, you know, but it's not only about the act itself of, of the person doing it. Uh, I mean, the men doing it. It's also about how the woman receives it, how the woman sees it. Um, mm-hmm. You know what, what what I mean? So one yeah, thing sure. that can be considered by one woman as a sexual harassment, uh, maybe by me, it's not a sexual harassment because I won't just mm-hmm. let it be sexual harassment. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that people didn't talk to me in a certain way or even, you know, try to touch or touch. It just, mm-hmm. it depends how, how you take it. And at the same time, um, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not one of these people who will say it's, it's timeless. No, there is time. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you know, if it was your child, you don't reprimand your your child. I, I'm just saying, after he like um, 20 years after he's done something as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. it just um. Sure. So time is important. Yes, I understand that not everyone can just speak out and be open about things that happen, and it also depends on on the level of the sexual harassment. Um, you know, some things that just just difficult to to say, difficult to relive if if sure. you're engaging, you know, in, in this kind of even judicial process. Um, but timing is, I mean, unfortunately, but, but yeah, t- timing is important here. So don't wake up 40 years after, you know, once the person is famous and, and, mm-hmm. and, and just because the norms change, 
norms change. What was acceptable a few years ago or like, you know, what, what was acceptable last year is not acceptable this year. So more so 40, 30, 20, 10 years ago. Um, so, okay, if we're judging people by today's standards, yeah, so right from now on, uh, people know that they cannot do A, B, and C. Of course, I'm not talking about, I mean, things that are, you know, not controversial, just things that are n n not in question. Um, mm -hmm. You know, these kind of harassment. I'm not talking about a person taking a woman right on the street, raping her, or, you know. Mm -hmm. No, I, look, I understand your point and your point is well taken that there are gradations of yeah. harassment just like there are gradations in any law in any situation um you know it's one thing for me to inappropriately ask you or say something to you uh as a boss there's another level if i actually physically touch you and there's even another level if i take it even further yeah. So there is a gradation but, you know, it's, to it, all I, of this. I also think that it's a it's a greater debate. I think it also. I mean, mm -hmm. we can take it from here and speak about you know equality and salaries and just you know sure. gender debate and it just um mm -hmm. I don't know. I I feel that you know if 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 you are a woman nowadays, you have really good opportunities, but just you know embrace them and do the best you can and and don't whine about what you don't have or why you don't have i am just uh i i don't like seeing these headlines because i mean sometimes of course they're so important sometimes mm -hmm. uh wow you know there are crazy stories out there crazy stories of people that really should be behind bars or just mm -hmm. as far as i'm concerned even dead but uh, you know other stories sometimes i just read it and i'm like you know Come on, it happens to me every day. Like, just why do you care? Stop being so petty and try to make your coupon of it. You know. Mm -hmm. um, well, so it depends. You really can judge it as a whole. Okay, I'm going to change the subject entirely now. Give you a couple of minutes here. I also know that besides being a world class journalist on the news side. You kind of dabble in the sports business as well. <laughs> so t now that you're here in the United States and you can watch basketball, what are some of the things you're enjoying about the NBA? Wow. Um, so my last visit at the Madison Square Garden was actually the incredible game between the Knicks and Cleveland. And mm -hmm. that got me thinking, you know, I've been here before, but seriously, um, not only the Garden, actually, my favorite stadium is uh, the United Center in, in Chicago. But right. um, I'm just saying the entire show is just, some, just something that you can't replicate in other countries. I would mm -hmm. say this, I, I will be honest and, and tell you that I'm, I'm a bit disappointed by American fans they're not as crazy they're not as, i mean their experience of of sports their experience of of you know basketball even even football mm -hmm. say it's different than you know israeli fans or greek fans italian fans mm -hmm. what you see in uefa champions league for example or you know european basketball it just um you don't get the same vibe, but the entire show around it, I mean, from the organizations, from the leagues, 
mm-hmm. is something that really amazes me. The operation, like there's no dead minute. Like every time something is happening, every time out, and it's just fun, fun, fun. It's it's a show. It's a spectacle, you know. <laughs> um, and and this is something that we we unnecessarily have um around Europe or in Israel. So I think a combination of both, you know, maybe more like international fans and the American leagues could have been um. Experience around the game. Yeah, yeah, the experience around the game. But um, maybe I should go. I don't know. So the New York audience. I don't know. I mean, it was the the greatest game I think so far at the Madison Square Garden. It wasn't a big, um, in Hebrew we say balagan. Uh, it wasn't a big mess or you know a big um, experience from that angle. Mm-hmm. I mean, the crowd is quiet, from what I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Sure. No. No. I get it. And um, there are some places in. Um... In the country where the crowds aren't as reserved as they might exactly. be. In, so in, where should in I go, Jim? Uh, the Barclay Center in uh, New Jersey um, for the oh. Brooklyn Nets uh, play. That's a pretty raucous group. Um, they can get wild. I'll give it a try. I give it a uh, try. Philadelphia um, is not bad. They, um, they're pretty good. Um, but I think more t- for them... It's kind of funny. The the difference between Ranger hockey fans and Knicks oh. basketball fans is night and day. So I, I should go to hockey games. I think so. Um, because you get the same type of, you know, nonstop entertainment, but the crowds but a different energy. are the, the crowds are just insane. It's just so a whole I different go level. Check out some Ranger games. Yeah, check out some Ranger games. You might you might see that hockey is a little wilder than basketball. I will definitely take your word on it. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, Tal, it's been a pleasure having you as a guest today, and you certainly have given us a lot of good things to um, to look into and to think about. And uh, by all means, don't be a stranger. We'll have you back soon. Thank you so much, Jim. Okay, thank you. Well, that brings to a close yet another edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. Now, if you haven't had a chance to subscribe, it's easy enough done. You can go to the iTunes store and pick us up for free. You can get us through Google Play. You can get us through Blog Talk Radio. Also on the Stitcher app. So if you have a Stitcher app on your phone, the home to many podcasts of a number of different genres, all you have to do is type in the Politically Incorrect Podcast, and poof, it comes up on your phone. Meanwhile, if you're one of the 125 million people, myself included, who have the TuneIn app on your phone or your tablet, all you have to do, once again, type in the Politically Incorrect Podcast, and you'll get it sent to your phone or to your tablet every week for free, okay? So simple to do, five ways to subscribe. Please subscribe today. Many thanks to Tal Heinrich of I-24 News who joined us and gave us a very interesting perspective on the potential moving of the United States Embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So thanks to Tal for joining us. And until next time, I'm Jim Williams, your host on this, the Politically Incorrect Podcast powered by VoterHeads.com.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.